Hey, good morning, guys. It is another episode of Leveling Up with Brigham Blackham. I have a good friend and someone that is a master salesman on today. His name is Eric Lofholm. So grateful to have some time with him this morning. We have a a, a little bit of things planned, but really, this is going to just be an open forum conversation. So excited to share some of his insights on what happens after you close the sale to build those relationships long term. And uh, let's first dive in a little bit more, Eric. Tell us a little bit of your backstory. How did you get into this industry and how did you become the trainer that you are today? Well, I got into sales back in uh, 1992. And um, I know that you have a, a background in real estate investing. And yep. so I went to work for a real estate investor named Dante Pirano, and uh, he's a very successful, wealthy individual. And uh, I was willing to do, I would have washed his cars. I would have worked in the mailroom. He said, if you want to work for me, you need to do sales. So I ended up getting into sales in that way. I had no interest in sales. It's just what I had to do to work for him. And I uh, was not good at it and um, struggled for an entire year. And I ended up meeting a man named Dr. Donald Moyne. And Dr. Moyne has been my sales mentor since the mid-1990s. And uh, he's the one that really created me. And so that's a little bit about, about the backstory. I love that. So you've been in sales for a, quite a while. I, I remember reading some of your stats on your website. You're like done, not just like, a couple hundred sales calls guys not even a couple thousand like do you have like a, a ballpark number for us how many sales calls have you made because this is one of the things that that differentiates people that are you know amateurs from professionals go ahead yeah well, i i ended up um planting my flag in sales so i've been doing this full time since 1992 i've done over 100,000 cold calls i've made over 10,000 sales generated over 10,000 referrals Delivered over 5,000 speeches, done over 7,000 one-on-one coaching calls. So this is what I've done and will continue to do for my career. And um, and I I love doing it. I love sharing what I've learned from all those years of experience to, to help people. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they, um, they're uncomfortable with selling. Mm-hmm. They're uncomfortable asking for the order. They, um, they've not been professionally trained. And uh, selling is a learned skill. So it's something that if people put the work in, they can get they get pretty good pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our topic today is all about, you know, closing is the beginning. So when you hear that closing a sale is the beginning, what what does that come come to mind? Or what are some of the the ideas that you're like, oh, this is something that would be helpful for for a brand new salesman or for someone that is yeah, is needing that extra little bit of training? What comes to mind? Well, <clears throat> I think that for a lot of people, sales is transactional, mm. meaning a real estate agent. I'll just tell you a quick story about my real estate agent that helped me on my last uh, home that I purchased, the home I'm in now. Yeah. Um, he helped me get the property. We did something pretty creative. He, I couldn't get the loan through, so we did a lease option. And then when the option came due, I exercised the option and bought the property. And with it, without that real estate agent, I wouldn't have got the deal. I, it wasn't my idea to do the lease option. So he did great. Except that after we closed a couple of years ago, I haven't heard from him since. Uh, and this is a very common thing. It doesn't matter if it's solar sales, real estate loans, auto sales, financial services, 
Um, the a real estate agent, and this is true for many industries, if I was an agent, I would want to be their real estate solution for life. Mm. So the the whole focus is not just on the transaction, it's on building a relationship. In order to do that, you need systems in place to stay in touch with you know hundreds of people, potentially thousands of people, not just your previous clients, but the people that are in your network. And so systems involving social media, um, it could be direct mail marketing, it could be contacting them on their birthday, um, email marketing, um, just in general, staying in touch. And that's a very subtle idea. But if somebody becomes their car solution for life, if I sell cars or if I sell insurance and I'm looking for repeat and referral business, um, that simple idea, if somebody's not doing that, like my real estate agent that helped me, if if he actually started doing that, it's a several hundred thousand dollar increase in commissions over the lifetime of his career. Right. And you think about the, all the referrals he missed because he wasn't your guy when you had someone that was popping up to, to top of mind. So let's talk about this. So, so when you're developing these relationships, it's not just transactional. I mean, that's very common to have that transactional relationship as a salesman. Uh, what are some of the ways that you've been able to maybe build systems or been able to keep in contact with people so that they know, hey, if I want sales training, this is who I go to. How have you done that? Yeah, well, it starts with the mindset and the mindset to be, in my case, the sales training solution for life. I'm not looking for an exclusive because like you've attended my classes in the past. I mean, you can go and train with anybody you want. And I, I actually will oftentimes introduce other trainers to my network. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a real estate agent, I'm looking for an exclusive because, you know, you, you it's not going to help if they're using another another agent. My big big way I've done it, primary way is email marketing. Mm -hmm. And then the second way is through social media. And email marketing is essentially a zero-cost way to stay in touch with your entire network. Um, when I say essentially zero cost, I mean, there is a cost for the software. I pay a little over $300 a month uh, for my software, and I have a voice in the back of my head that says, build the list. And yeah. so I'm always looking for new leads. I'm always looking for new people that I can get to opt into my list, stay in touch with them. And um, so those, those are, that's how I've done it. I love it. And you think about how simple that is. If we were building that list and we send the emails to the list to let people know, this is what we're doing. Here's how we can serve you. Here's different products we have. It's keeping top of mind for them. I, I love that idea. I learned that from Mark Kohler originally, this top of mind awareness. That's all that marketing really is because we don't know when they're going to be perfectly ready. But if they're close and we've we've been the one that's top of mind, when they're starting to think of those solutions, they'll open up a conversation. So let, let's go go this way. What is one of the, the skills that you would say is most essential after the sale has been completed? Uh, I think it's, it really comes back to the mindset of the, the, the way I think about it is familiarity. The more familiar somebody is with me, the more likely they are to buy from me. And so a way that I do it, and it's, it's 
out of the box in some industries, there's a, a gentleman who's a real estate agent in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And he's only been an agent for a few years and he's absolutely crushing it. And he's crushing it because he has the best YouTube channel for real estate agents in the area. And it's not an, it's not a, um, a YouTube channel for other agents. It's a YouTube channel for people that are considering moving from out of state or out of the area into Dallas. And so what happens is people come and they watch these videos. His name is Levi. And so they feel like they know Levi before they ever get on the phone with him. Yeah. And so content creation is really powerful. Like right now we're creating content. If somebody's watching this and let's say they've never heard of me and they're like, wow, I really like these ideas that, that Eric's sharing. If they watch it for five minutes or 10 minutes or half an hour, however long they watch it, they may then come on over into my system, if you will, my social media, my YouTube channel, opt into my list, whatnot. And every time they consume some of my content, they're becoming a little bit more familiar with me, which brings them a little bit closer to a buying decision or referring me or wanting me to be a guest speaker for their sales team or whatnot. And so um, content creation is not really thought of in in uh, as a real estate agent. I'm a, I'm a sales trainer, very common in my industry, coaches and consultants. We do content all the time, yeah. but for a loan officer, if you did content as a strategy, as a way of, as you put it, staying top of mind, mm-hmm. and it's it's a different, it's a it's a shift in thinking because most people don't think like that. Yeah, I I think content is king. I I've heard this from Troy Dunn. He's also in our our back office of of great people that I I think of when with storytelling. When you are creating content consistently, when people have that that problem that you solve the best, you'll pop into their head. And I I think that familiarity, like you brought up, that's so, so key. So Eric, tell us something about yourself that you're like, man, if I would have told myself this 20 years ago, I would have saved so much headache. <laughs> What's What would you tell yourself, the 20 year earlier version of yourself and help us out? You know, lately, I've been thinking about this idea of, of leaning in mm. and leaning in to resistance. So in business, um, somebody might have the idea, well, I want to start doing um, group Zooms. You know, a, a group Zoom is a, in in, in traditional sales, it's, it's a one-on-one. I'm going to meet with somebody, sell them solar, sell them a car. Um, I do a lot of group sales. I'll put a hundred people on a Zoom and I'll deliver a sales training uh, presentation. Um, and so let's say somebody's like, okay, I'm a financial advisor. I want to start doing these seminars in person or on zoom, but I have resistance. And so if you think about a comfort zone, if something's out of the comfort zone, if if there's a built-in resistance, that's the whole reason we refer to it as a comfort zone. But if we recognize something that like, Email marketing, like I talked about that earlier, and somebody might have resistance to that. If you if you lean into email marketing, I, I've generated literally millions of dollars in revenue from email marketing. And when it was introduced to me, I I resisted it. I'm like, I don't, I'm not an email marketing guy. And and the the person was really like pushing me, like you need to be doing this. And 
he was so convincing. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll do your email marketing idea, you know, just back off. I'll do it. And, but I was really resistant to it. And it turned out to be, you know, uh, literally a multi-million dollar idea. And so if we notice our resistance, which that's easy, it's easy to notice. Like if you say to somebody like we're on, I think you're doing a Facebook live right now, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. That would be a common thing that somebody would have resistance to. They'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't be, I can't do Facebook Live. And they, they would just, right? So it's easy to notice the resistance. Then if you tell yourself, is this an idea that could really move me forward? And if it is, lean into that resistance. And I remember when Zoom came out with when the pandemic hit, and I had been doing um, using a platform called GoToWebinar. And GoToWebinar, although it had a, a, a feature where you could be on video, it was common practice to just do um, a PowerPoint slide share and not show up on video. People did not expect to see me there. But when Zoom happened, like we're on Zoom right now, it'd be weird if I turned off my camera. Yeah, like, totally. like everyone's expecting us to be on video because that's how Zoom is. Well, when Zoom came out, I'm like, I don't want to be on video, even though I'm a speaker, right? It's like, I don't, I'm used to go to webinar and we don't have to be on video. And so I didn't really have a choice. Like it was just expected. And you just, if you're, if you're on Zoom talking like we are, you you pretty much need to be on video. But the, the, I was forced to lean in there. A lot of times we're not forced to. And that simple idea, somebody could go, their entire life wanting to publish a book. They have a resistance to it, so they don't publish it. And if they hear me right now, and they're like, yeah, I'm resisting publishing my book. Let me lean into that. And within 12 months, they publish their book and it opens up you know, all this opportunity for them. Um, so that's a simple thing that I've learned recently that could really help somebody. I love it. Lean in. Uh, it reminds me of that bison principle. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but one of the weird things about bison in comparison to like regular cows, when there's a big storm coming, instead of them running away from the storm, they run through the storm. And I think that's this idea of leaning in. We we want to see, all right, we're resisting this. And are we going to actually do the work to, to make this valuable for us? Well, let's uh, go back to sales for a second. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people, when it comes to the clothes, there's a lot of psychology our own psychology. Yeah. Right. Like, am I worthy? Um, asking for the order, they might reject me. Right. And so then people go, well, I don't want to be salesy. And so essentially what they'll do is they'll deliver a sales presentation. That's not really a sales presentation because they don't ask for the order. Mm -hmm. And then their bank account is light because they're not making the money they could. I mean, they're literally making a fraction of the money that they could because they're avoiding selling under this guise of I don't want to be salesy. And the the problem with that is that when we're delivering a sales presentation, that's the job. <laughs> so you go, well, I don't want to be salesy. Okay, well, if your job is if if, if I have a gardening business and I'm looking for for new new customers, I need to go and maybe knock on some doors of people that have a garden and, Hey, do you need a gardener? And if so, and here's my price, and would you like me to be your gardener? And they could get as many clients as they want pretty quickly. But if they, have, well, I don't want to be salesy, Well, you're not going to get any clients then, um, or you're going to get a fraction of the clients that you should. So 
sales is really my what I'm most known for. And so I've been leaning into sales now for 30 years. And what I discovered about it is that it's there's layers to selling. Like even at my level, I can I can get better. I I it's not like I've I've arrived and there's there's I hit level 20 on the video game and there's no level 21 and that's as far as you can go. Like there's there's further levels, even though I've been in the game for 30 years. And so if people really take that on instead of avoiding it and come in and do the work, like here's what's possible. Sales mastery is possible. And if anybody's that's watching this right now, if you think about what your life could look like if you mastered sales. And I'll just tell you one just quick example. You're a real estate guy, so you can appreciate this. And I might've told you this story, but it'll be good for your listeners. When I did the lease option, we did the lease option in the first place because I couldn't get the loan through, mm -hmm. right? So two years pass, the property went up over a hundred grand. So if I don't exercise the option, the seller gets the property back with the equity. And I put up $50,000 to secure the option. So I lose my 50 grand plus the equity. So he wants the property back. Okay. Well, guess what? My credit hadn't changed since I, so I couldn't get a loan through and I'm, I'm coming up against the deadline and I'm like, Hey, can I get an extension? And no, he didn't want to give me an extension. He wants the property back. So I end up one week before the options do and I've got to come up with, the only way I can do this deal that I could figure out in my head was um, private money. So I need 540 grand to close and I have one week to do it. Hmm. You're a real estate guy. You've got a network of people. I'm a sales trainer. That's not my area of expertise. So I end up cold prospecting people. And I, long story short, I put the deal together. The money came in at the last second saved my 50,000 I put up front, secured the $100,000 in equity. If I didn't have the sales skills, I would have lost the property. Yeah. And so selling, you know, I'm remarried. I was married for 22 years, got divorced. I used my sales skills to find my current wife, okay? Selling is, it's, it's in every aspect of my life, but here's the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. It's in every aspect of everybody's life. Yeah. Because- you got me to agree to come on this interview by using sales skills. You prospected me. Hey, Eric, I got this podcast. You know, I'd love it if you'd be a guest. Would you be willing to be a guest? And that's true with every guest that you have. And you might have some guests that approach you and, and ask you. Um, if you really look at it, and like if if my fence blows over, I got to go to my neighbor and say, hey, our, our shared fence and how are we going to do it? Are we going to split the money? Who's going to hire the fence guy? Like, it, it really influence shows up everywhere. And, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't lean into it and they struggle unnecessarily. And they, they don't, they don't have the rich life that they could have, not just, not just rich financially, but rich in relationships and in joint ventures and strategic alliances and, and all the different things that sales can do. And so, um, you know, I love, teaching people that want to either get good, great, or master it uh, because it really, it's, it's a game changing skill. And I, I think it's transferable to multiple elements of your life. It's what you're, you're, you're sharing. It's not just, 
hey, my my fence fell down type of stuff. It's every transaction in your life can become a transformative relationship if you have good sales skills. If you have bad interpersonal communication and you're not able to help other people see the value in, in collaborating, then you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. So Eric, in the last 10 minutes we have here, what is something that that you are so grateful that you've been able to to master as far as a basic skill that has made all the difference? My most profitable skill is probably, um, there's this idea of thinking in combinations. Mm -hmm. So you take two really simple ideas, like going to a networking event and having an email list. And -hmm. then you put the contacts from the networking event into the email list and then you drip on them with email marketing. Whereas a lot of people go to a networking event, they don't even follow up with the people. But in email, you'd be following up with them in a systematic way where you don't have to think about it. It's like an automatic follow-up. Well, that you're thinking in combinations. You're bringing two ideas together. So for me, selling, speaking, Mm. bringing those two ideas together. Lots of people know sales, don't know speaking. There's people that know speaking that don't know sales, right? Like they get up and give an amazing speech, but they're not not enrolling anybody in anything. And so- you know, I can walk into a room and I had what one trip I went to Vegas where I was a speaker and they didn't want um they didn't want me selling. So I said, okay, well, can I give away something? And they're like, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I told the audience, I said, look, I'm you know here and they've asked me not to make any um uh, any offer to all of you as far as a course. However, they told me I could give away a course. So instead of selling you guys a $1,000 course, I'm just going to give it to you. And so I ended up getting like several hundred leads. And then what did I do? I put those leads into my email list and then I dripped on those people and I was able to monetize that speech in, in a very powerful way. But it was, there were other speakers at that conference that barely got any leads mm. and I got hundreds yeah. Because I understood the combination of those two ideas. That That's a great reframe with two different seemingly diametrically opposed ideas, but you can bring those together and start to have them influence each other. So I, I know that for me, I, I've got a theater background. I, I've always understood this, this theatricality and the ability to speak, but sometimes it feels a little mis, like mystical to be able to sell from stage what what are some of the things that that you've noticed to be able to help people reframe and bring those two ideas together well selling from stage um it, and it's it's the same in a, in a sales presentation human beings respond in predictable ways mm-hmm. right so i will get you and everyone listening to either say or think the word millionaire right now okay Great. If you do what a millionaire does, you'll get what a millionaire has. If you invest your money where millionaires currently have their money invested, what will you become? Millionaire. That's right. So I put that thought in your head. And it doesn't matter if I say it or if you say it. So if you put a powerful sales presentation together, following the best practices of moving people to action from the front of the room, anybody could be effective at enrollment from the front of the room if you have the formula. yeah. So some of the things are um, a scripted close. And then when we get into scripting, people are like, scripting? I don't want to be scripted. So 
they have resistance. Lean in. Mm. Lean into the resistance. Understand when I say scripting, when somebody resists, resists scripting, they're resisting something different than what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying scripting is this thing over here, and they're going, oh, it's just, they think it's canned, rehearsed, mechanical, inauthentic, it's just not me. That's not what a script is. The definition of a script is words in sequence that have meaning, and that's a deeper conversation for another day. But the bottom line is that if you lean into scripting, and if you have a scripted close, and then you become the close, so the audience isn't hearing this robotic read from a page script. You become the script, like a great actor or great actress. That's what makes them great, is that you're you're not watching the movie. They, oh, they're reading lines. No, you leave the here and now, and you're experiencing the movie. And so a great you know closer from the front of the room, that's what they're doing. And there's a, a, a sequence that you take people through, which oftentimes includes bonuses, a guarantee, um, a price discount. There's a teeter-totter in the mind of a prospect, whether it's a front-of-the-room sales presentation or a, like a phone sales presentation, or if you're doing a kitchen table, like a financial services presentation. The teeter-totter has price on one side and value on the other. So when the value is higher than the price on a teeter-totter, it goes like this. And if the value is high enough, it, it motivates somebody to take action. So if you're selling a $1,000 product and you create $10,000 in value, that's a very easy yes for somebody. Yeah. Oh, if you're going to give me 10,000 in value and I want or need, need what you're offering, that's an easy yes. And so <clears throat> this is what we do in a sales presentation. We bring the benefits to life and it's not, um, I teach 77 different techniques on how to make a presentation more persuasive. So um, storytelling, um, repeated yes technique where you communicate in a way that causes the other person to say yes. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Are you following what I'm saying? Absolutely. Do you see why I'm a sales master? See, Absolutely. you can communicate in a way that motivates the other person and guides them to say yes. Mm -hmm. And so that's a technique. And there, there's these are things that I wasn't born with. I leaned in and I said, okay, I want to learn these skills. I went out and found the best coaches on the planet, developed really an insane skill set when it comes to selling. And the thing is, anybody can do it. And it's not that somebody needs to get as good as me because it. most people can't, not because I'm so great, but because I put 30 years in and most people aren't going to have that amount of time to put in. And I've been teaching it and speaking it, and et cetera. But the bottom line is when you're learning from somebody like myself, <clears throat> it can shortcut you. Right. It's not really a shortcut. It just accelerates your learning through the principle of modeling. And so you can get it faster by, you're kind of like borrowing my experience when it comes to um, prospecting. And you know, people have fear of prospecting and I had fear of prospecting for years and then I didn't. And so it's it's kind of like that idea of, um, you know, borrowing other people's experience, like what we're doing here. Exactly. Well, Eric, thank you so much for your time. I, I know, uh, you need to be out in like two minutes. So uh, any final thoughts for us? Anything that you're like, man, this one piece of advice I would love to leave with us. Yeah, selling is a learned skill. So a lot of people think, well, I'm not born salesperson. I wasn't either. Me neither. Okay. <laughs> so 
it's a skill set that you can learn and you can get as good as you want to get, even master it. It's mm. possible for master it if you're willing to put the work in. And I think that that's, that's a very powerful idea to leave the audience with. Yeah, I love that. Well, how do people find you, Eric? Let, let's make sure they they have a way that they can. Um, I'm the only Eric Offham on the planet. So if you Google, yeah. you'll find me. And I have a piece of content that I created on how to think like Steve Jobs. Okay. And it's a very, very powerful piece of content. And if any of you would like that, just find me somehow, some way. Like I said, I'm the only Eric Lawfoam. I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. If you're watching this, let me know. You watch this, you want the Steve Jobs, how to think like Steve Jobs content. And I'll uh, happily send that to you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for your for your wisdom that you poured into us, for your time and energy and effort. I, I really do appreciate you. Looking forward to doing uh, more things with you in the future, my friend. Sounds great.